record. Oops. Stand where you're going for auto sequence start. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Left Look. It is the week of August 22nd, and you're here hanging out with us. We've, we've got an action-packed show lined up today. We've all, we've all actually done a little homework and brought something that we want to share, which is not something we've done in a while, and that's nice. We're, we're back on the horse now, I think. <laughs> I do prep for this show every time. I- <laughs> But whatever, uh, I uh, and I even tried to create a system about it in our group chat, but you know, no, but the uh, the saved bits, you know, in the group chat, I uh, I think that's a really good way to communicate things that we're going to talk about, you know, big highlighting picture things, and then if you have any questions, you can just ask the guy, you know what I mean? But you know, it's fine (laughs) that we are a scattered and uncoordinated bunch. It doesn't bug me. Really, a lot. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't post in the group chat because I only did this half an hour ago. I thought about it. Oh, to be well, fair, okay. I thought about it, <laughs> but I didn't because I, I figured there would be there would be so much other things to talk about today. I didn't think I'd get to this. Oh yeah, to this point, seven eight weeks in a row. No, this is eleven twelve weeks in a row. Uh, sorry, no, I'm just fucking around. Um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, sell our souls to the algorithms and talk about House of the Dragon because uh, I've been playing a video game uh, that is a mod of a famous grand strategy oh. game that allows you to play as. Is that uh, why you've yeah, been playing TK too? Yes, uh. exactly. I, I've watched. I watched the first episode of the House of the Dragon. I was impressed by it, like deeply. And uh, and so I've been uh, back on the Game of Thrones uh, wagon, but I've been uh, deep diving into this uh, this new series, which is on a different period of history of the of the lore of the uh-huh. Game of Thrones series. Yeah, it's more of a and prequel. Actually, right? uh, uh, prequel is a generous uh, term. Is a soft word. Soft. It, it, it is pre 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 uh. prequel. I think it's like a hundred and thirty or a hundred and forty years before. No, I think they say it uh, 200 years before Daenerys uh, oh. Targaryen. In fact, they say it uh, three times. <laughs> uh, they, they're, because this audience is stupid, and what they're doing is they're moving to a different portion of the Targaryen mm-hmm. dynasty, uh-huh. right? And the Targaryens, I th- you guys know who I'm talking about when yeah, I say that. Yeah, the royal bloodline. People. Yeah. The dragon mm-hmm. people, right? The, they, uh, they rule for like four, three, th- 350 years. doesn't matter, right? So uh, this, uh, they are of a people, of a, like a, a species, a race. I don't know what you would call them in this world because there are uh, humanoids that are not quite mm-hmm. human. But these people are humanoids and interbreed with regular humans all the time. So I think I'm going to go with race. But anyways, uh, it is... Um, they're dragon peoples, right? And they come from this like Roman Empire type thing called the Valyrian Freehold. Right. And then right, be- right before the Valyrian Freehold blows up in a volcanic disaster, <laughs> dragons hang around volcanoes. This one Valyrian Free Lord, apparently, apparently one of forty-three High Lords, has a vision that this is going to happen and just fucks off into the middle of nice. nowhere, right? With like five dragons and a couple eggs and uh and then 
the rest of his society blows up and all of a sudden he's the last dragon lord oh, in the great. world. And then, you know, a, a couple hundred years later, uh, one of his descendants who is like really fucking tough and really smart and is also fucking both of his sisters uh, takes himself and his dragon and his sisters and their two dragons uh, to go conquer the entire continent oh. of the Game of Thrones fucking universe. All right. Yeah, I feel like I should know okay. what the continent was called, but I don't. That's Westeros, it. but no fucking deal. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to say it. I uh, Anyway, so uh, they say it three times that Daenerys, uh, this is 200 years before the Daenerys story of the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. show. This new show is called House of the Dragon. Right. And they say it once when they're uh, doing an introduction uh, portion video. Where they they say this old king is dying. He could have put the daughter in. Sorry, not the daughter. The the oldest female uh, relative in charge, or the oldest male relative in charge. The oldest female is older. The council of nobles told chose mm-hmm. the male, and then it does a word introduction after that, which is this long scrape, which uh, it it says uh, a bunch of things I can't remember. But afterwards, it reduces everything on the screen except for Daenerys Targaryen not born for 200 years. <laughs> and it's like, it was such a slight to your audience. I thought it was so funny. But I probably needed the refresher, to be honest, because of how I parted with Game of Thrones. Like, all I know about Game of Thrones, I've just shown, and I, I couldn't remember some of the stuff that was going on, right? I, and, I feel uh, most people but probably anyways, share that sentiment as well. Yeah, there's a lot going on in Game of Thrones, right? Like, it, there, it's a thing like Tolkien. There's always a bigger uh, George R.R. R. Martin fan. Mm-hmm. But anyways, this <laughs> this uh, show is about House of the Dragon, right? Which happens, as I said, it's, a, it's like a civil war dispute while they're at the height of their power with, like, lots of dragons right. everywhere, right? And... Uh, it, it's it's called Dance of the Dragons, and it, it's, it's not actually that... Uh, cool but you know, not actually it'll be fun not actually that much dancing yeah the choreography was bad no well all the dragons oh, die is why they call it terrible that, right they, the target the targaryen dynasty is 350 years and like 200 years in they kill all their dragons in this civil war and then they have like a couple pups or whatever you call dragon right. babies left but but they're like deformed and they die out and they they don't have the stables to mm-hmm. keep it going and it uh and those were the last dragons, right? And so they managed to keep it going for like another hundred years just with like alliances with the great houses, but then one bad king and then they can't blood and fire everybody back down into mm-hmm. submission, right? And so that's how we get the Game of Thrones plot. But anyways, I was playing the Dance of the Dragons fucking uh, thing because uh, they were implying uh, what I was reading about this thing was they were implying that it was basically fucked. You were fucked from the beginning. They were always going to fight mm-hmm. each other. And I was like, that can't be true, right? And so I boot up the CK2 game, right? Which is about, uh, it's like a medieval game, right? Where you, uh, you play a character in a portrait who is tied to a piece of right. land who can summon number troops, right? It, it's it, And it's all about marriages and diplomacy and subterfuge. It's very, it's great. Yeah, it's more, it's more of a dramatic neat. take on the era. 
Yeah, exactly. It's very nerdy. And then this mod, which makes it Game of Thrones, right? And they add dragon character uh, portraits that uh, if you uh, tame or have a friendship with, basically, if you ha- you're you a character that has a dragon <laughs> and you lead an army, you win okay. that battle yeah. every time. Uh, and it's a good fucking uh, little thing. But then there's also these little uh, like dice roll written events based on your stats uh, if a dragon runs into a dragon, like the Civil mm. War, right? And basically, it's slanted to if you guys are both adult dragons, you guys grip onto each other's neck and fall to the, from the sky and die, both oh. of you all, rider and both mm-hmm. dragons, which is how the Dance of Dragons worked, basically, right? Like, these uh, two factions split into equal sides, and then they basically piecemeal, just fucking fell from the sky, dueling oh. each other. Oh, Spoilers. Fuck you, audience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it still counts if it's after the fact, right? Yep. Uh, no, I, uh, I I did plan to put that before. I'm so sorry, <laughs> uh, but whatever. <laughs> uh, anyways, I uh, so I played with the politics of it all day, thinking it would be easy to manipulate these fucking dragon lords into you know a big empire, like I've done with every other fucking CK2 mm-hmm. game. It's fucking hard, man. When God Man is just like some moody teenager, like it's rough, right? Like, and that's basically the storyline of uh, Dance of Dragons. He's not been introduced yet in the in the show, but the uh, the king will take on uh, oh new spoiler will take on a new <laughs> wife uh, will uh, and uh, put out three new kids and uh, the middle child of these three new kids. They're all uh, boys is named mm-hmm. Damien or Damon. I, I can't remember, but he, uh, he loses an eye uh, in a fight early in his childhood and puts a purple sapphire in it. And he just like is a moody bitch for the rest of the fucking his life Great. because of it. And he kills a bunch of people. What a good reason to be moody. Uh, just, yeah. Oh, I lost an eye. Gonna but put I... a gem in it. Cause I'm so rich. <laughs> yeah i mean like you, you have a dragon and you're a, a, a lord right like lighten up but uh no he, he just goes on a rampage and that's basically what happened in every campaign that i played today too uh, eventually some fucking uh guy who's like 20 feels neglected and he goes on a rampage with his dragon and it shatters the kingdom <laughs> and uh it sucks so what you're trying to say is that so, uh, dragons are the root of all evil? Make politics hard. Dragons make politics hard, and I feel bad <laughs> for the Targaryens. Yeah. Dragons make yeah, politics that's I, that's hard. My that might be the title. That's my bit for today. That might be the title I go with. No, you got to do a House of the Dragon, because uh, we. I want the clicks. I th- I'll, I, uh, I'll put that in the I, description. I think Julian's okay, title enough. would attract... Um, you know, a, a different kind of audience. Target audience. A, Target a audience. Um, maybe I was thinking more of a, more of a fuzzy audience. You know, the kind that like to wear <laughs> mascot <laughs> outfits. Uh, oh, geez. No yeah. shame, but that's what they we're would looking be looking for. for. That's where their algorithm would be. Yeah. No, we're looking for like D and D players, like Julian said, like re- weirdos who might have too much money who can become devotees. Sign up for Substack. Yeah, now. No, we're gonna make a Patreon, or yeah, Substack. A Patreon. <laughs> so, well, we'll probably make both, but I think Substack uh, is where more money is. I made think we need merch. Kind of on your note there, DJ. I just want to uh, add House of the Bad Dragon. Ooh, ooh, ah, <laughs> ah, eek! 
E, I'm running away. I'm running yeah. away. House of the Rising Dragon. No. Uh, much more palatable. Well, uh, let's see. That's yeah. bad too. No, there's innuendos everywhere. You can't hide. There is a house in New Orleans. <laughs> Which <Yeah>. one? <laughs> It has a dragon. Oh, no. Who put it there? <laughs> oh, that dragon's about to make politics real complicated. That, yeah. that's, what the, that's what the United States needs. Just a dragon to show up, right? <laughs> God, imagine. That's what nukes have done in some sense, right? There are just egos out there that you have to placate because they could just level cities at some point. Right? So true. Yeah. That got dark. It got dark. Um, I, I personally was just imagining somebody standing around going, gosh, it, it sure can't get any worse. And then a dragon bursts <laughs> out of the ground. <laughs> All right. Why don't you do your prepared bits? Because that took a lot out of me selling my soul to the algorithm like that. It was the most capitalist thing I've ever done. I have a question just for my own personal knowledge. Is it HBO or is oh, it yeah. Amazon? HBO should still have it. HBO, yeah. brother. Yeah. HBO okay. wouldn't sell okay, that. I could have sw- or Amazon was carrying that. It's on Crave. I don't know. Or maybe. But I, no, it said H. It said HBO. Mm-hmm. It said HBO. Yeah, yeah. If it's on Crave, I think it's HBO. Um, it, Amazon has the Lord of the Rings one. Oh, yes. is that what you're getting confused with? with? Is that what you're mixing yeah. it up? With? Yeah, Tolkien and R.R. Martin. See, that's how the level of achievement R.R. Martin is approaching, right? <laughs> that. But uh, in my opinion, that's a that's a terrible comparison. The lore of the R.R. Martin series is actually more akin to like a Warhammer mm-hmm. series where he takes a world and just throws the nations of the world onto that map with some like spiced up fucking fantasy on it throughout that kind of connects, you know. Tolkien didn't do that. Tolkien made a world and then made languages for every people he made throughout it and then made that world 40,000 mm-hmm. years old. It was incredible, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it'll it'll never be done again. But you know, give give him a yeah. R. R. Martin has done something, right? Like, yeah, I think like the depth of Lord of the Rings versus the 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 width of Game of Thrones. Like, there's so much yeah. going on in Game of Thrones. It's all over the place all the well time. Well done. Yeah, it's well done. Mm. The um, yeah, the uh, the width is a a really good uh. I don't even know what to say. The politics, yeah. is, right? It's always teeming. There, there's layers upon layers, and there's the the personal histories go back mm-hmm. too, right? And they and they rhyme over and over again, which is nice. Like the what I mean by that is the the storylines kind of sound the same, you know. Like the Baratheons have similar characteristics. The Lannisters have expected characteristics. The Tarkins, yeah, right? yeah. Like, there's familial conflict over a period of time, which no, there's familial characteristics that too moreover, yeah right which makes which are like beyond genetic it's like a like story uh it's important to the story that these uh characteristics last through these families mm-hmm. right or else it, it just doesn't jive as well right imagine uh the the Lannister the Lannisters have been ruling Casterly Rock for something like uh 6,500 mm-hmm. years in that lore there's no way a family maintains characteristics over that long of a lifespan, right? Like, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and every great family has a similar story, but I think the I went for the Lannisters because I'm, I'm firmly uh, sure that they have the longest reigning great family. 
Yeah, I couldn't help you there. I didn't get too yeah. deep in the lore. <laughs> I uh, I can't help but just read lore. Yeah, it's like oh, a new history, <laughs> right? I, <laughs> I've run out of our history. I got to read someone else's. <laughs> just straight up history junkie over here. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Julian. All right, should we should like we tear about? into this article? Sure, one of them. Mm-hmm. One of them. We've got more yeah. than one, folks. Yeah. Let's talk about quiet quitting. Okay. Uh, there's a name that they've uh, that redditors say we should be calling it and said act your wage. That's what I've been seeing. What's it? Anyways, act your wage. Oh, act- That's what you're supposed to res- <laughs> uh, respond with to that. Nice. My fellow was socialists. Anyways, go ahead. I'll shut up. Uh, well, I was just gonna read this article here, maybe. Get your guys' opinions as we go through it. Does okay. that sound uh, amenable? Yeah, or you could give a synopsis or spark notes or the long read. So not amenable is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't read it all the way through yet. I've read just enough. Give us the give us the tag. Yeah, all right. Uh, this is by Lindsay Elliott or Ellis and Angela Yang in the Wall Street Journal. Hmm. That was important. Yep. Oh, the Wall Street Journal. That's important, actually. Right. This is this is what every this is what the normies are reading out there. No, nobody reads the Wall Street <laughs> Journal anymore because it's Bezos fucking propaganda. I think their readership has gone down ridiculously. I don't know. This article has seven hundred comments on it. Seven hundred. Yep. Eh? That's <laughs> in just a public in just a public fucking wow. Yeah. Now right? counterpoint that could be one really big argument. <laughs> that's true it could also be bots <laughs> also true it's a li- a liberal site getting that kind of enthusiasm that's just like it's not real right liberals aren't real people they're just yes corporate billionaires who make real uh make reality with money right like yeah that's kind of no why reason. i want to read this one is because sorry I'll no 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 try. it's all good It's a a six-minute read, apparently, so it shouldn't take too long. Snappy. Not taking your job too seriously has a new name, Quiet Quitting. The phrase is generating millions of views on TikToks as some young professionals reject the idea of going above and beyond in their careers, labeling their lesser enthusiasm a form of quitting. It isn't about getting off company payroll, these employees say. In fact, the idea is to stay on it, but focus your time on things you do outside the office makes sense so far Mm -hmm. videos range from sincere ruminations on work-life balance to snarky jokes some set firm boundaries against overtime in favor of family others are advocating coasting from nine to five doing just enough to get by many want to untether their careers from their identities okay yeah that sounds valid it does doesn't it of course every generation enters the workforce and quickly realizes that having a job isn't all fun and games i don't think anybody's going into a job expecting any fun or games to be honest unless you're really keen on that job <laughs> i think you're wrong about that i think i uh i've met many many people who just like they love to work really they, they, they get a thrill out of it yeah, okay yeah. well i guess wall street journal is is connecting to that audience yeah i don't think like them fuck that <laughs> but, um... 
Navigating contemptible bosses and the petty indignities that have always been inflicted on the ranks of working stiffs has never been easy, and many people who say when they're young that they don't care about climbing the corporate ladder end up changing their minds. The difference now is that this group has TikTok and hashtags to emote. Yo, yo, TikTok? Yo, name drop? Yeah. That's me, baby. That's me. They're talking about me. (laughs) Just kidding. We're too old. They're not talking about us. Well, oh, no. And these 20-somethings joined the working world during COVID-19 pandemic with all its dislocating effects, including blurred boundaries between work and life. Many workers say they feel they have power to push back in the current strong labor market. Recent data from Gallup shows employee engagement is declining. Uh-oh. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> employee engagement is declining. Employing engagement is declining. Look out. That's coded wording. Yeah. What are you, uh, if you were to say that as crassly as you could, how would you say that? You know, decorpify that for the audience. Um, Stinky Gen Z, no want to work good. <laughs> yep, nobody wants to work anymore. Clayton Ferris, 41 years old, said that when he recently heard about the new term circulating on social media, he realized he'd already been doing it by refusing to let work worries rule over him the way they used to. Good, yeah, good for them. That's kind of my beef with this whole quiet quitting thing. Is I don't think anybody has actually recently changed how they work. Okay, like, what do you mean by that? Like, I think anybody who is putting in the minimum has been doing that for years. And anybody who's not is, you know, they're not about to reduce their workload. Otherwise, they would have already. Yeah, maybe. TikTok is not going to bring bring this new idea to somebody, I don't think. Maybe that's just me. I I don't know, man. People, uh, the the tides of history do change. I, I get what you're saying. And there is like a core of people within that group of people that uh that do think that way that will never be reached right yeah they are like reactionary to the core they they believe themselves to be millionaires someday soon right but within the group of people that think like that there are people who can be manipulated by shrinking material conditions uh to the point that they think well it's no longer in my interest to side with these people right and those shaving of those people, that is important for politics. It, in fact, is all what politics is, right? It is the reorientation of power on the, uh, on the, the minute uh, changes of disposition within subsets of the larger group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. It's a gradual, gradual change, change bleh, but right now it's happening faster maybe. Yeah, the, the coalitions that hold on to power rely on the balance of power, right? And so I don't know what the fucking numbers would be, right? I don't I don't need to make what the numbers <laughs> would be. But but I'm gonna make them up. Fuck it. Say the uh say the uh, white class, the working uh the wor- white collar class uh pr- people, people who work at a desk, yeah. right? Make sixty to ninety thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year. Are eight percent of them are less willing to deal with the abuses that they regularly deal with. That's shattering to an economy, right? Like that's yeah. a, that needs to be addressed. That's a, all billionaires need to locate in one uh, central location and maybe elect a fascist leader so that they can survive, <laughs> right? Like 
That that's how grave a threat to their survival that is. The uh, the U.S. imperialism has become so brittle, right? Because their economy has become so hyper idealized, so uh, detached from reality, so concentrated in the cities, so financialized, yeah. right? It re- it relies on the belief that the United States exists, right? If people all of a sudden stop uh, consuming or being able to consume in the patterns that they have been able, percentages of them will uh, seek new ideological uh, stances, and it will be shattering to the United States. Man, we can only help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Across generations, U.S. employee engagement is falling, according to survey data from Gallup, but Gen Z and younger millennials, born in 89 or after, reported the lowest engagement of all during the first quarter at 31%. <laughs> Yo, did we ruin something else? Yo, <laughs> high five. High five, everyone. Yeah. Does that mean... We're only 31% engaged. Is that what that number means? Uh, 31% engaged? That doesn't make a whole uh, lot of sense. No, that sounds like a, like a random <laughs> factoid. <laughs> yeah. I would say that that's the number that they see as working to their full potential. It'll be something like oh. working 50 hours plus. I see. If, I, if I'm to make a stat off that, unless you guys can make a better one, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, sounds about right. Jim Harder, chief scientist for Gallup's workplace and well-being research, said workers' descriptions of quiet quitting align with a large group of survey respondents that he classifies as not engaged. Those who will show up to work and do the minimum required, but not much else. More than half of workers surveyed by Gallup were born after 89. 54% fall into this category. Okay. okay. One, one factor Gallup uses to measure engagement is whether people feel their work has purpose. Oh, Oh, younger employees report they don't feel that way. The data show these are the people who are more likely to work passively and look out for themselves over employers. <laughs> Dr. Harder said, <laughs> "Uh oh, <laughs> what? These young people aren't looking out for their employers." Uh oh, oh no! <laughs> How dare yeah, they? Yeah, you can hear Bezos coming through in this one, can't you? Yeah. Paige West, yeah. 24, said she stopped overextending herself at her former position as a transportation analysis in Washington, D.C., less than a year into the job. Work stress had gotten so intense that, she said, her hair was falling out and she couldn't sleep. While looking for a new role, she no longer worked beyond 40 hours each week and didn't sign up for extra training and stopped trying to socialize with colleagues. Okay. I mean, I probably wouldn't want to hang out with anyone in Washington either. But, I, especially at a job you hate. Yeah. <laughs> I took a step back and said, I'm just going to work the hours I'm supposed to work, that I'm really getting paid to work, she said. Besides that, I'm not going to go extra. I mean, that's that's based, not right? That's that's so... That's based? Fresh. Dude, <laughs> the, future, the future is dead if that is even a joke, <laughs> that that can be based. <laughs> Miss West said that she found herself more engaged during meetings once she stopped trying so hard, and she received more positive feedback. She left the job last year and is now a full-time freelance virtual assistant, making about 75% her previous salary. She adjusted by moving back to her home state of Florida. <laughs> there were okay. so many shots fired in that paragraph. In that I know. <laughs> I can't tell if we're on her side or not. I don't think they are. There's too much shade being tossed around. 
<laughs> Especially to the state of Florida. Why you got to do Florida dirty like that? <laughs> They're already sinking into the ocean. Yeah, they've got enough going on. Uh, Florida needs to be uh, uh, hampered all the time. In fact, it needs to be slandered, in my opinion, to the greatest extent that you can get away <laughs> with, with facts. Because Governor Ron DeSantis is now probably going to be the... Uh, elect for the Republican Party, right? And uh, he needs to be sabotaged right now. He needs to be sniped at. And to do that, you need to inflate that Florida is a shithole and has become an even greater shithole. The, the <laughs> greatness of the shittiness that it was could only have been increased by the shittiness of the leadership that was Ron DeSantis. That's the move that I <laughs> Maybe, no, Maybe Ron. if the coastline keep disappearing, he will too. <laughs> Out. He'll, he'll be in one of those buildings ocean. that just, uh, oops, this fell into the ocean. Oh, no. I don't know how old he is, but he looks in his 40s, and he's got a bronze star, and he's a governor. He's going to be a fascist. It's going to be around for a long time. Honestly, I hope somebody gets him. I, uh, <laughs> I feel I can say that. Not a legal threat. Zaid Khan, a 24-year-old engineer from New York, posted a quiet quitting video that has racked up 3 million views in two weeks. In his viral TikTok, Mr. Khan explained... The concept this way, you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. You're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. Mr. Khan says he and many of his peers reject the idea that productivity trumps all. They don't see the payoff. Okay. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Uh huh. Some online commenters pledged to relax on social media when they had downtime at work. Others say they will follow their job descriptions to the letter instead of asking for additional assignments. Okay. Duh. This sounds just like a whole bunch of reasonable people. Yeah. A new crop of yeah. quiet quitting videos is starting to pop up, denouncing the move as a cop-out, not a cure-all for burnout or discontentment at work. People who coast have been fixtures in the office for decades, but many of today's less invested employees have been able to skate by thanks to remote work says Elise Friedman, a senior client partner at consulting firm Corn Ferry. Wow, such a such a credible source. Thank you. <laughs> I don't I've never heard of Corn Ferry, but it's it's spelled with a K too, like ooh, the band. Ooh. <laughs> uh oh. If the economy sours, Miss Friedman says, less engaged workers will be more at risk of layoffs. That's a threat. Yeah. It's perfectly appropriate that we expect our employees to give their all. No, it's Josh not. Bittinger. No, not at all. Josh Bittinger, a 32-year-old market research director at a management consulting company, said people who stumble on the phrase quiet quitting may assume it encourages people to be lazy, when actually it reminds them not to work to the point of burnout. After years of saying yes to everything in hopes of standing out, Mr. Bittinger says he's learned to say no more evenings for himself <laughs> and avoids checking email on vacation good for him yeah like that's the bare minimum i get yeah. my job done my projects done i'm performing well i get good feedback he said and i'm still able to take time off to just step away from everything okay that's that's a is that the end of the yeah <laughs> okay I had two thoughts I wanted to get out really quick, DJ. I'm oh, sorry. go ahead. Uh, uh, I am not surprised by the uh, dystopian nature of that article. Like I said, since Jeff Bezos bought, bought it, uh, there was two article titles that stand out in my mind that like 
show that no one can take it seriously anymore. And it was that uh, wars in the long run make us richer <laughs> was the first one. And uh, the elites need more say in democracy oh was the other title. Yeah. So, like, that's that's not a fucking newspaper anymore. In my opinion. <laughs> that, it, it was still funny to listen to. And, you know, lots of people still read it. But, like, we need to start talking about it like... Uh, Nobody should listen to it. That should be the message. Anytime anybody ever hears about Wall Street Journal, it should be you. You listen. You read the Wall Street Journal. What are you fucking stupid, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, I had another point. Go ahead. Oh, hey, you for, you forgot your other point. Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. Maybe while you're I talking. was just thinking about how, uh, from from uh, from the perspective of one whose family has been largely engaged in. Uh, you know, labor work that has been heavily unionized. Yeah. Th- this is nothing new. <laughs> this no, is, I know. This is uh, very commonly called work to rule, which is literally you do exactly what you're told to do as, yeah. a, as a means of reminding the company how much more employees do than they're needed to to reel them back mm. into reality because as soon as you stop going above and beyond you know higher up start going oh crap our bottom line oh no yeah we better appease these people so that we can get back to what we were doing mm-hmm. it's usually that's uh, you know a few steps before hey we're going on strike which you know if you're not unionized yeah. Don't don't do Probably that last part. Yeah. For these people. <laughs> no, that was, that's a great point, and I did remember my point, uh, and it it really grounds the conversation. But it reminds me of uh, the response that the Chinese government uh, saw when they really tamped down on the lie flat. Mm. Movement. Oh yeah. Have you heard of the lie? Yeah, the lie flat movement is a uh, like a student led movement that has basically given up on trying on hustle culture, <laughs> basically, right? And the Chinese government clamped down on that movement viciously. And in response, what is flared up without able, uh, without ability to be clamped down, uh, from what I hear, is the let it rot movement, which is like to do absolutely nothing and try and take advantage of the state as much as you can and like actively steal from people and things like that. It's like, it's like, I've never seen a more video game like response, right? Like, yeah. You, uh, yeah. It's like you're in one of, one of those uh, written games, you know, what am I talking about? The uh, uh, written narrative games where you, uh, it gives you a couple written choices and it's like minus 5% after you click it. Oh, after you fucking, uh, cl- like it, a dialogue tree. Like yeah, so, yeah kind of. Yeah, it's work to rule against the entire state of China. It reminds me of that video game that everyone played when they were a young one. What's it called? The uh, the Oregon Trail. Oh yeah. One. The, uh, <laughs> that's the kind of uh, reaction that that uh, movement had. It's uh, reminded me of. It's uh, it's almost irreal, right? Like the government responds this way, and the population has this ridiculous response to it. It's like I I couldn't imagine a better world. I couldn't write. <laughs> we're being <laughs> oppressed. <laughs> Okay, what should we do? Let's be evil. Yeah! <laughs> That's the response if you're, uh, if the good response is suppressed, right? Like, you know, yeah. I don't if, think if there's nothing positive you can do, then. 
Yeah, and in fact, uh, just existing and not trying to uh, uh, hurt anybody is actively fought against. Then you know, why not? You are uh, you are under op- occupation then under that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, we should probably move on before I start reading the comments here. Yeah, don't don't dive in. Get out of there. Uh, you know what? It, I'm just going to tie it back to the Game of Thrones thing. There's this uh, scene in Game of Thrones, uh, the original series, where the uh, Joffrey, the, the, the little boy blonde oh, king yeah. that everyone hated yeah. for a long time on the internet, he, uh, he screams, I am the king at somebody, uh-huh. right? In his little shrill boy voice. Doesn't he say that right and, before uh, he dies? I can't remember. It's not the same episode if I'm no, yeah, you're remembering right. Remembering correctly. But uh, anyways, his uh, uncle, t- uh, no, his grandfather Tywin, the the really old Englishman mm-hmm. with the rich rolling voice, right? And he goes, "Any man who says uh, I am the king is no king at all, yeah. right? Because if you have to say it, then power is not that way, right? And it it reminds me of that when these Wall Street Journal guys, you know, they they preach things that are like doctrine or like uh, dogma almost, right? But it are just patently ridiculous and uh, divorced from reality at the same time. <laughs> it strikes me the same way as that guy saying, I am the king, right? It's mm-hmm. like, that's not how power lies. Uh, you can you can scream about employees being lazy all you'd like, but you just sound ridiculous. And in fact, you might even be aiding and abetting the movement you seek to suppress, mm-hmm. right? It's only further alienating In fact, people. I... In fact, this is evidence of it. We're, we've poached it to snipe at it, right? And maybe three or four people will listen to this, right? So. <laughs> no, more than that, I think, looking at our stats page. Really? Are we doing that? Well, well? no, but <laughs> <laughs> but we, we can get our hopes up. We can do double digits at least, I think. It'll be funny one day when we if do we hit it <laughs> and people yeah. listen to this episode. No, we're pulling all the early shit down once we, uh, if we hit <laughs> yeah. it. Ah, that's not fun. Once we launch the Patreon. Unlocked Patreon content. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. okay. Got to hide it behind a paywall. Yeah. Because that's yeah. so, <laughs> that's so you know, socialist. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's my rival <laughs> podcast now. If you guys turn dark. That's so socialist. That's so socialist. <laughs> Dude, I don't want there to be hard feelings about this. <laughs> like, uh... I need an income, and if it can be podcasting, I'm taking it. You know, like, and that's uh, that's by the fruits of my labor. That's uh, labor. He calls it labor. <laughs> Man, me, me getting high and then shit talking whatever the fuck I want to talk about with you two is intense. That's that's the life, honestly. It's the dream. Yeah. No, I'm taking the piss. That's that's totally valid. Yeah. No, I'm taking a piss too, obviously, out of myself and you. Like, <laughs> I'm taking my own piss over here. Oh man, I wish. Sterile. <laughs> All right, and DJ, what did you? You got some? Oh me, it, it me turn. It, you, yeah, it's show and tell, baby. It's show and tell. I I really like that format. That's kind of cute. Um, <laughs> I always got really shy during show and tell at school. Yeah. Um, not important. Uh, I was listening to this, um, I guess it was an interview. I'm not sure if it was pre-recorded or not. Not important. I just slammed on the radio. My radio is always set to, to CBC Radio 1. 
that's nice. a story for another time. But uh, this interview is going on, and I catch it sort of near the start, and the uh, the caster, the newscaster, what have you, uh, the interviewer is talking to the interviewee, and the interviewee is this fellow representing Oxfam, which is oh, an wow. international um, charity organization, I guess is what you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hoping to alleviate the various uh pains to put yeah. it lightly in in all of, of humanity the, they're kind of the inequality watchdog basically almost. yeah if uh from what i gather and from what i know I, you know you don't hear about them too often but when they come up it's usually when stuff's pretty bad um, <laughs> yeah. right now they're focused on a lot of the famines going on in eastern africa uh and everything else going on in Eastern Africa, because <laughs> it's just a mess right now. Um, but I digress again. At this interview, no, you go, you should you can di- you should digress a little because you shouldn't just say Eastern Africa is a mess without just like you know explaining a little. I bit I it. don't want to because I'm not very educated on that. Because you don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I this is I, this is all I've read on Oxfam is what they're interested our, in right now. Not our place to speak on it. Yeah, uh, I don't <laughs> want to go talking about Africa when I don't know what's going on in Africa. You 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 want us to should talk Canadian politics? I'm there. <laughs> no, dude. This this show is about shit talking and spreading disinformation. Oh yes. hell yeah. I, um. So I feel like if you don't talk about what you think's going on in ethiopia and somalia you uh you're doing a disservice but no i'm just fucking around you, you better be don't, don't, and uh speaking of spreading disinformation ladies i am six foot five and <laughs> really cute just kidding don't talk to me please i'm i'm <laughs> a mess really cute. i'm six five yeah yeah jacob is nice. go talk to jacob he's tall yeah um, i'm six five too julian so i'm i'm a short ass don't talk to me talk to these two guys um <laughs> Right. Okay. So Oxfam in this interview, uh, basically what what the fellow is getting at is that Oxfam is calling on pretty much all powers, you know, all all great powers on the on the earth currently, to stop effing around, to really, you know, take a stand and tackle the inequality going on in the world, and. Uh, I'm not sure if he was proposing this. I assume as a representative of Oxfam, this is more of what Oxfam as a whole is suggesting. But he put forth this idea that governments should, A, be held way more accountable for their, uh, you know, disinterest in global poverty, and B, should do something about that, largely in the form of what this fellow called an... Uh, I'm I'm saying it like this because I've never heard the term used before. He proposed a windfall tax, which uh, he described as a one-time massive tax. Know what a windfall tax to, is? To uh, I, I can explain. Sorry, what was that? Hold up. A windfall tax comes from the word windfall, which means it knocks an apple from the fucking tree really? above you into your huh. hands. That's all it means. The wind causes something to fall into that, your that, lap. That's that feels so on the nose. A, that's not your labor. <laughs> it's not, it's I, I appreciate it. I so, appreciate it. Um, there you go, yeah. folks. Uh, 
No, I, I appreciate the clarity. Um, this guy, the, the Oxfam, is basically saying, yep, let's do this one-time tax, uh, basically just for all of this year, just to like wring out money from these mega corporations that have very overtly profited from you know all the all the malice that has happened in this year alone yeah um, it's all publicly reported yeah we, right we it, know it totally is gross profits yeah it's, it's nuts um <laughs> and you know thinking about in the interview this this guy very unabashedly said it should be a 90 percent tax increase <laughs> just like yeah, he he straight out just said yeah. Oxfam oh, wants no, 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 to that's... just yoink all the profits from this year because they're basically illegal gains, and then take those and give it back to people who actually need it. No, that's a deceptive game though. A ninety percent increase or a ninety percent a ninety percent tax, and and then a ninety percent tax on gross uh, revenue or a tiny a ninety percent tax on profit. Don't know. Profits are easy to yeah. hide. They are. Right? You can hide them one year. I could. You can. Uh, if you're going to do a windfall tax, I can make that company look bankrupt for one <laughs> year and keep it uh, still stable over the mm -hmm. five years. Right? Accounting magic. It's no good. Yeah. And so, I, I think what is more appropriate is a windfall tax of thirty to forty percent on gross uh, uh, revenue for the year, whatever they fucking report on revenue, and you know we'll just be like. Well, I'm sorry if you take a loss on this year, but you know that's your bad. Yeah, honestly, we have to keep global society going. Yeah, uh, fuck you, the invisible hand of the market. <laughs> yeah, no, this market has a very real hand, and it is a fist, and it's just gonna punch the, the money out of you. The invisible hand of the market. The invisible hand of the market should strangle companies all the time instead of slapping the people. Yeah, around. agreed. But instead, it. But instead, it just jerks off capitalists instead of uh, doing that. That's so, that's you know. essentially what this fellow on the radio was getting at in the nicest way, the most radio-friendly way possible. <laughs> we don't do that here. Yeah, we, we're not we censored. The truth. Yeah. You say we bring you the truth? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Pravda. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess by bringing up that article, I just wanted to, uh, or sorry, that interview, I wanted to hear your two thoughts on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the UK I, I, they did institute a windfall tax, right? They're they're in the process of their Ah. I'm pretty sure they're still debating. So they're giving all the companies a chance to do the accounting magic. They're going to debate and until the I'm year's over. <laughs> and I, if I'm reading right, it's just energy companies that they have like basically nationalistic monopolistic control over already. So it's just hand-wringing, really. It's giving them time to hide resources and uh, conservative government deciding when they're going to pull the trigger on that. And so, you know, where that windfall tax will actually end up on for profits for the year, real profits for the year, no one could say. But I would bet that it's low 20s, high 40s, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if it actually assists anybody that's been screwed over by this pandemic. Yeah, I have a feeling be... nothing will materialize. Yeah, it'll be absorbed by the government as a windfall tax and then just handed back out to companies as subsidies again. Yeah, or something like that. Basically, if 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 these governments even go through with it in the first place, you know, what what is Oxfam going to do? 
Yeah. Oxfam's going <laughs> to frown at them really hard and get the UN to do it with them. Yeah. Yeah, no. That brings up a good point, right? Like, uh, national, uh, sorry, non-government organizations putting pressure on uh, nationalities seems ridiculous to me at times, right? Like, super corporations are bigger than that. They need to be countered by something mm -hmm. bigger than that. And uh, once again, I'm making my pitch for the federated Commonwealth <laughs> in which uh, when King Charles becomes uh, crowned, he exercises his constitutional powers to reject his government as it is not founded on uh, good governance principles and demands that the several kingdoms of his empire unite under one federal state. And then also he needs to reform and get rid of the city of London, the square mile. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and then after there's a federated state. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Did you say to just get rid of London? The city We're just going to get rid of it? Just erase it? No, no. There's, there's London, the greater city of London. And then there's the city oh. of London, which is one square mile within oh. the city, which is home to like 8,000 people who are all bankers and the Lord Mayor. And it's like... And that's where finances. I through. see. Those people, just corruption central. Uh, it is corruption central. Those people use dominions and holdings of the old empire to hide uh, taxable wealth, basically wealth that goes back to William Yikes. the Conqueror. Is how I read it, right? Yeah. And so uh, that needs to be undone, right? And the king can keep his wealth. I'm not anti-royalist, and I think it's good to not be anti-royalist because there's just too many fascists in the world to take them all on. But uh, the uh, if the king rejects that, right? Sorry, if the uh, Prince of Wales were to reject uh, the government and then form a super state out of the Commonwealth, then the UK would become uh, would justify, I should actually say, justify its UN Security Council, its permanent seat on the UN Security Council. Because right now it's there, but it's tepid, right? It doesn't have any mm -hmm. of the bite that you need to be able to control world politics in a way that will, you know, make things more orderly. Like, if the uh, entire Commonwealth was able to uh, tax its corporations, like, reasonably... Right? The United States would have no choice but to try and compete. Mm -hmm. Right, The Commonwealth would be the third greatest uh, economy in the world and the second greatest military in the world. <laughs> and also a, comp a competitor for hegemon of the Anglosphere, which is the true crown uh, jewel of the world. Right, You lead the Anglosphere, whatever that is. It's like a billion, uh, two billion people right, who can speak English. You, you rule the world, right? And so they would have to adjust. And I think that balance between the king, uh, the future king, and the, uh, the presidency could reestablish some kind of fucking sanity within the world. Yeah. That, I, I am uh, I'm Machiavellian, if nothing else. <laughs> I, uh, I <don't> know. <laughs> yeah, I mean... This sounds like it would make a great book, Jacob. Just saying. It does. <laughs> if you want to ditch the podcast, am, some I'm writing would do you good. I am not actually writing. What I'm in the process of doing right now is I'm going through all the uh, the uh, the criminal codes of the three major states, Australia, Canada, and the United mm -hmm. Kingdom, and uh, I'm combining those. And I've also written a constitution, or I'm in the process <laughs> of writing a constitution, I should say. And I'm going to keep going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do uh, rules and uh, regulations 
and then one day I'm going to try and get this done. I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) You just kidnap the prince when he's... (laughs) Kidnap the prince? I'm going to approach him, his his royal highness. I keep fucking it up, and I need to start practicing it. His royal highness, the prince of Wales, I will approach one day and say, your royal highness, you need to say no to whoever's the next prime minister and say you can't form a government. It'll cause a constitutional crisis, and yes, the nukes will be, like, you know at risk to fly at any moment for a bit but it'll be fine i i think it'll be fine <laughs> and uh <laughs> no no trust me dude trust no, me no i put a lot of work into this i've designed a flag <laughs> uh, I think, i'm just hearing jacob if... say this as he's getting dragged off by the bodyguards <laughs> I don't know if uh, uh, I don't know if you know what the Commonwealth's flag looks like, but it's fucking garbage. Oh, it and, would be. Uh, Most flags are. Sim- no, no. Some flags are badass. The Union Jack, uh, in my opinion, part of the reason the British Empire had such staying power is the badassery of the Union Jack. It just. Oh, it's all right. Way. It's fine. The United States of America flag looks worse. In oh my yeah. Opinion, but it, it does. I'll agree okay. there. Uh, but. For a new federated state to latch hold, it would need to have its own flag, and it would need to be cooler than the <laughs> Union Jack, right? And that's just for the chuds and the morons out there, right? I can't do anything about morons, yeah. right? And so I've designed a new flag, and it is a red crown over a golden globe on a white field, which is just means yeah. white flag. That, that sounds like it has potential. Yeah, the red crown for the monarchy, and uh, the red calls back to the St. George's uh-huh. Cross, right? But no, can't be any crosses, right? Nobody believes in God anymore. That's no, well, that's no good for I don't know right? how much faith they have in kings either, though. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm watching the presidency of the United States tear itself apart <laughs> in real time, and the monarchy has been here since, I, since they were swinging swords at each other. I have faith in the monarchy because the sun may not rise tomorrow, but it's been rising for a long time <laughs> over the British Empire, right? Like, yeah. Um, whereas the Americans, they're like 200 years into this thing, and every fucking day I'm like, oh, is this the end, right? Like, is this the day they blow it? <laughs> I don't know. And they are definitely in terminal decline, right? And no republic can be stable because eventually wealth concentrates and then they have to fight amongst each other to see who's the most you know mm-hmm. alpha who's the big chip yeah. yeah if i think like that then others think like that and it'll always lead to conflict right like yeah i mean that's that's what happens on reddit all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. that's funny thanks I, uh, I deleted Reddit for a long time, and I've just recently uh, deleted my... I've thrown uh, actually. But, uh, <laughs> three times just, the disgrace. He just talks to himself in various <laughs> subs. <laughs> no, I've been... On my main one, I've been banned, basically, from every subreddit that I fucking interact <laughs> with, because I get so heated so quickly. I uh, Especially in an arena that I think, you know, should be, like, uh, an argument among people who think they know what they're talking about on whatever subject yeah. it is because that's what reddit is right you uh you're a self uh self-proclaimed expert right 
when I nail somebody on not knowing what the fuck they're talking about on Reddit, I am ruthless. I'm fucking yeah. mean, and I've been banned a bunch of times for being mean. <laughs> like, I, uh, it's such a sad thing. Such a weird, sad thing. I expected a battle of wits, yeah. but it seems you've come unarmed. Banned. Your mom sucked me good no, through that's... my jorts. <laughs> <sighs> you're no. just mad because you're angry. <laughs> It's true. The best debates really did just come out of TF2. We peaked. <laughs> yep. That's funny. So we're online discourse. Yeah. Hit the apex. <laughs> I was thinking about that. NFTs kind of started with TF2. A little bit, eh? Did they? The fucking hats. Yeah. The CSGO with the knives. Yeah. The skins. Valve was, Valve was really on the forefront of that. They really were. Now look at them. You, well... You can't. That's right. You can't. They're gone. <laughs> Your sister showed up without ceremony, and that's weird. Um, it was just, they were coming for dinner, and then they were like an hour late. It was strange. Adam also just agreed to do our uh, our intro song for 60 bucks. Hey. Honestly, I think he's more talented than that, but I, <laughs> I, I'm broke enough to take advantage of him. So there's our, there's our first donation nice. goal. Let's go, folks. Yeah. 60 bucks, and we have <laughs> we have a good goal. intro for a change. I just want an intro that the IP is ours, right? Like, what if this actually does blow up one day, and then I have to give all my profits to USS because <laughs> Julian wouldn't fucking listen Man, to me? Man, I made one. I'll lose it. I'll, I'll, I'll butcher you. I couldn't <laughs> tell you how long, how hard that would hurt me. <laughs> like... Man. No, our... our... You know, I think what we should do is go back and retroactively edit every episode so that we just say, oh, that's a cool song. And then we're using it for commentary purposes. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, if these do ever end up in a vault, we can just edit the intro out. Yeah. So, True. NBD. Also, think... I'm sorry, Adrian. I just want to say I'm sure USS would accept a, a, a minor tithe. <laughs> a blessing a tithe? upon their... A yeah. On my horde? Not uh, not acceptable. I I would sit on it. I like would that, I uh, would Scrooge I would McDonald smack you in character. the face and call you a child and take your money <laughs> from you like the candy out of your hand. <laughs> no, I, I I would do that for like maybe fifteen seconds, but then I would loosen up and be like, "Come on, Jacob, be better than that." But that would be my that would be my instant right. reaction every time. It would be it would be like Gollum and Smeagol. It would be like. <laughs> Okay, that's good. I was gonna work on that. <clears throat> I gotta admit, hour. I have been having Sorry. a little giggle every time I see an ad for that new superhero movie, Black Adam. Black Adam. What? Yeah, there's a new superhero movie coming out. Saw the trailer the other day in theaters. Black Adam. Black Adam. Yep. <laughs> Dang. No way. Yeah. No. No shit, dude. How metal is it? I mean, it looks kind of lame. I think it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, it is Dwayne. Oh, the Rock but uh, no, I just imagine Adam. But uh, you know, black. He's the uh, he's the arch nemesis of Captain Marvel, and is also a supervillain slash antihero. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's not even black, really. No, he wears black, oh. but he looks more like. <laughs> Uh, he looks more like uh, 
like the ethnicity that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is. Polynesian yeah. is what I would throw it at. Huh. That, that stinks of racism a little bit. Hmm? Why? The, you, you look at Captain Marvel as the is the thesis of everything good and just, and then the antithesis of it is a, <laughs> is a man of color named black yeah, Adam. That, that, I'm, sh- I'm sure it is racist, but you know, like that's just, it doesn't need to be. I'm just saying source material when probably was, was first published in 1945. Oof. Oh, like, yep. <laughs> give me a break. Shut up. Of course it's racist. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, all right. Any any other little snippets or anecdotes? We've got a, a minute or two here. Um, I just want to look through the bits that I said I wanted to do because I did none of them. This oh, week. yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hooray! Yeah. (laughs) 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 Well, for this year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start for yeah. you, Jacob. That's that's a good look. <laughs> was that wraps it up for this week thank you for tuning in everybody we will i don't know if we'll be back next week i oh. i have to go down south oh I could bring my gear with me oh yeah we'll we'll figure it out and at most two weeks until the next episode we will see you then yeah <laughs>